Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. Birth of a leader. Just want you to know, raise your voice and say, I am a leader. I am a leader. Now this morning I believe that you know, each and every one of us who are here is a leader. Somewhere or other, you know, we are leading certain things as we you know, take life on this earth. You know, I believe each and every one is called to lead. You know, you may have a question, Pastor, what am I leading? You know, we are called to lead in different things in our lives. Some of us are, you know, leading our children. It's a great responsibility of leading our children, you know, to the Word of God. And some of us may be leading a team in our workplace, right? So, you know, certain period of time we work alone and then after that we, we start leading a team. Sometimes you may say that, Pastor, I'm working for 10 years and 12 years. The immediate question I ask you is, what is your team size? They say, no, Pastor, I'm just all alone. I'm just the only person in my team. So then I say that, you know, there is something wrong with you. You work for some time and then you are expected to lead. You gain experience in one area and you are expected to lead somebody. You know, people who are in the healthcare profession, you join as a caregiver or you join as a nurse. And how long you want to be work, working as a nurse? Maybe lifelong. Because you like that profession of serving people. But then as you grow, as you, you know, your salary increases, the organization is not happy to have you as a, just a nurse. They give you more responsibility. Probably you are just taking care of you know, a couple of patients. Now you take care of that ward. You take care of that block. You take care of that, that level. Right? There may be a couple of nurses, junior nurses working under you. So you're called to lead. Whether you like it or not, whether we like it or not, we are expected to lead. What is exactly leadership? What is leadership? You know, I don't know why I'm talking about leadership this morning, but you know, when I shared this sermon, every time before I come here, I shared this sermon with my wife. And you know, she says that a couple of things, okay? You need to do this, you need to do this, maybe bring some corrections here, bring some changes here, some suggestions, it's all good. Right? But then eventually I speak what I want to speak. I take ideas and opinions and just see where we can apply. If we cannot apply, I just throw them away. And then you know, I just want to sh- I share what God shares. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I just you know, deliver what God wants to deliver. Right? So who is a leader? Can you go to the next side? Who is a leader? Leader is the one who inspires or who leads or influences others towards what he or she believes. Did you get that? Leader is the one, can you say that? Leader is the one, can you say that with me? Leader is the one who inspires, who influences others towards what he or she believes. And what do we believe? We believe in a living God. We believe in a God who called us to walk into this. And once we believe in God, we are leaders because we are leading others to come into the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in fact, I would say every believer is a leader. Every believer's call in their life is a leader. If you go to Old Testament, you know, the best example for a good leader is our God himself. Our God himself. He created the whole universe. And he ordained in the Old Testament prophets, priests, kings, 
and he asked them to rule. He, he has given them responsibilities to handle. And God Almighty, he was above and he was managing. He was leading a team of prophets. He was leading a team of kings. He was leading a team of priests. Can you imagine that way? We need to just change our, you know, our thinking cap and put another cap this morning. Then try to understand what is leadership all about our God, who is the creator of the universe, and the way he controls the universe is he is seated on his leadership throne. He is a leader and he is leading a group of kings and priests and prophets into what God believes that they are supposed to be doing. And this morning, we are talking about, we each and every one of us called as leaders. Then came the apostles. Even Jesus Christ himself was a good example for a leader. He was a great leader by himself. You know, most of the time he was just all alone, but he was leading a great deal of life on this earth. He had a bunch of disciples with him and he was managing and he was leading them in a special direction so that once he leaves, there will be somebody to carry the gospel to this world. All the apostles, all the missionaries, pastors, evangelists, all the Bible teachers, and all the believers, we are called to lead. How our God Almighty, how the prophets, how the kings, and how the priests, how the apostles, they were leading many into the kingdom of God. This morning, God has called the church to lead people into the kingdom of God. But the responsibility differs. Each one of us are handling different responsibility in different areas of our lives. Some of us are doing things within our family. Some of us are doing things within the community. Some of us are doing things in our workplaces. Some of us are in the church. But eventually God has called each and every one of us to lead. You know, I would say Bible is a book of leadership. How many leaders Bible talks about? What are the, how many precious characteristics the Bible describes about leaders? Bible is a book on leadership. Bible is a book on leadership. You know, even today... I believe God is very keen and he is very much interested in the business of raising leaders, of raising leaders. You know, sometime back, you know, a few weeks back, this thought was so deep in my heart that we need to raise leaders in our church. Now, when I was in the, uh, with the pastors uh, last week and every month, I have only one prayer request to tell them and we, all of us get together and pray. Now, I have only one prayer request to share with them. Just pray for me that I need leaders. I want to see half of me in somebody else. I want to see quarter of me in somebody else. I want to see one-tenth of me in somebody else because I want to see leaders. You know, leaders are called to lead. It doesn't really matter what size of organization we are leading. It doesn't really matter what is the you know, a, a year turnover of our organization. But no matter how, what we do, but we are called to lead. And I believe that God has put that leadership quality and that element in each and every one of our lives. And this morning we are talking about God Almighty who is in the business of raising leaders. You know, it is very important an organization should have a vision. When an organization has a vision, the leadership is the, 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 the carriers are, are, are those who represent the vision of that organization to the followers. And the organization needs to raise, follow, raise leaders. 
It's not enough that we have followers always. We also need to raise leaders. And when the leaders are risen, when they come up, they catch the vision of the organization and they, when they, then they take the organization further into the future. That's applicable even in our own life. It is important as a family, we have a common understanding between husband and wife. As a family, we have a common vision for our family. What we want to, what we want to be, where we want to be, where our children need to be, in what way we want to bring them up in, our, in their future. We need to have a vision. And as husband and wife together, journey in this life, carrying the vision as we go further in our lives. And this morning we are talking about God raising up leaders. I want to turn your attention to Exodus chapter 2. We are going to read a couple of scriptures from there, from Exodus chapter 2. Very interesting passage in the word of God, in the Old Testament. Just want you to pay attention to me. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the, the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse? For you from the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for you. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. We are talking about a leader who was a born leader. The reason why I say he was a born leader, because scripture says he was born in the family, in the, in, in the family of Levi. He was born in the Levi's family. You now Levi was, if you remember the history, Levi was the third son of Jacob and Leah. Levi was one of the sons of Jacob. Levites were the descendants of Levi. This is one of the sons, three, one of the sons of Jacob. Levites, they hold, they held a specific responsibility. They were responsible in religious matters as well as they are also responsible in the political matters. Either in politics or in religion, we see Levites coming up. They were holding responsibilities. And in this Levite's family, because scripture verse 1 says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife, daughter of Levi. So they were just in the Levite's family. And for such a family was born Moses. In fact, if you want to take me to, you know, to the history a little bit, Levi, one of the sons of Jacob, he bore, he gave birth to Kohat. 
And Kohat gave birth to Amram. Can we have the slides, please? Amram. And Amram gave birth to Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, they were brothers, obviously. Exodus chapter 2, 1 verse says, Amram, even though you don't see the specific name there, Moses' father's name was Amram. Amram married to Jochebed, a woman by name Jochebed. And if you read with me, we are not going there. Exodus chapter 6 verse 20, it's very interesting. Amram married his father's sister. Amram married his father's sister and her name is Jochebed. And Moses was born to Amram and Jochebed. And here is the history of Moses. That's the reason I say Moses was a born leader. Here we see a man who was a born leader because he was in the Levite family. Obviously, whether he likes it or not, one day he is going to come up in his career. One day God is going to bless him because Levites are called out. Levites are separated. Levites are asked to do the specific work of God. And he is going to be called out. We are talking about a man who was a born leader as we see in the word of God. But where he was born? Was he born in the palace? No, not at all. Moses was not in, born in the palace. Moses was born, we don't know, probably he was born in his house. But how long he was kept in the house? How long he was there in the house? For three months... For three months, shall we say three months? Three months. So three months he was in his house. And after that, she could not control him. Any, any baby boy, right? There are some exceptions to girl baby too. You know, after three months, it's very difficult to hold them at home. They scream. Even if you say that, you know, do not scream. Somebody is watching you. You know, I'll call 911. You know, even at the age of three months, I will call 911 if you scream. They won't listen. So Moses' parents, they couldn't hold him after three months because they could not hide him anymore. So Moses was born in a time when every male child was getting killed. Do you know that? Every male child was getting killed. They were not even allowed to leave up to the age three. They were just getting killed. Where? When? Even in their birth. Even in their birth, all the nurses were given the governance order saying that if you find it's a male child, shh, kill him, kill him. You know, that was the command which was given. Every male child was killing, getting destroyed. Moses, we are talking about a leader. God raised him and Moses was born in a time when every male child was getting killed. He was not even allowed to cry. Can you think about it? When Moses cries, Moses' mother and sister comes and... Closest is there, his mouth. She was not, he was not allowed to cry. He was not born in a palace. He was not just, he was just an ordinary child. You know, I remember about our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you, don't you? Lord Jesus Christ. He was not born in a palace. He was the king of kings. But he was born in a cattle shed. No one would have experienced that we went, what Jesus went through when he was a baby. He was born in a cattle shed. Leaders are not always born in a palace, in palaces. You know, that is the truth there. Our birthplace cannot decide our destiny. Can you repeat that after me? Our birthplace cannot decide our destiny. Our destiny cannot be decided our birthplace. If, we, if you just turn back and see, look into your life, where you were born 
where you are born, the way God brought you up to this nation, the way God brought you up in your life, every stage, every step, it is amazing because your birthplace cannot decide your destiny. Your destiny is decided by God. Moses was not born in a palace, but God was lifting him up. God was about to lift him up. Eventually, we know he was brought into the palace. We are talking about a leader, born leader, raised by God. And his birthplace did not matter at all. As we go further into verse 3 and verse 4, what his parents did. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and daubed it with asphalt and pitch. And he put the child inside and laid the basket in the reeds by the river's side. That's what scripture says. Moses was not a born leader, even though he was born in a family of Levites. But now we see Moses was protected. There were many other children, they were getting killed at that point of time. But there is a reason why Moses was protected. Moses was not killed for some reason. You know, today that's true. You and I are alive today because there is a purpose of God in our lives. You know, there are many, many, many of my colleagues, my, my, my fellow students who were with me in the college, they died. Some of them died in accidents. Some of them died in sicknesses. They are not living anymore. Some of them even committed suicide. They are not alive. The reason why you and I are alive, because there is a purpose. Moses, nobody could kill Moses on that day because Moses was kept alive. Leaders are precious. Leaders are precious, certainly. That's the reason you and I are precious because we are called to be leaders. They are rare commodities. How many leaders do you find? Very few. Even think about the organization that you are working today. How many leaders do you find there? There are a very handful of good leaders. Leaders are very rare to find. Leaders are a people of destiny. They know what they do. They know where they are going. They know they don't really care about all the setbacks and all the troubles. They don't really care about what people talk about them, what people say about them. But leaders are moving forward towards a destiny. They are born with a purpose. They are born with a purpose. But that leader has to be protected. Moses has to be protected. And that's the reason Moses' parents were very keen. They're making the basket and applying asphalt, asphalt and pitch. Protection of a leader is very important. You know, today that's the reason you and I need to be protected. And who protects us? Certainly God protects us. And he protects us through the word of God. He protects us through the church. You know, that's the reason church is important. That's the reason the covering of the church is important. Because you need to find protection. If you are not coming under the covering of a church, you lose protection because the enemy can blow us away at, at any moment. It's very important we are protected spiritually. Asphalt and pitch. They talk about the blood of Jesus and the word of God. The protection that comes in our lives is when we apply the blood of the Lamb. When we take the word of God as we heard the testimonies and we take the word of God and apply the word of God in our lives, that's where we get the protection of God. If you are a leader, you need that protection. I need that protection because we are called to lead. We are called to lead. And eventually, look at the way God is connecting one leader with another leader. He was a leader chose, you know, chosen by God. But here we see a worldly leader 
who was in t- on top of his career at that point of time. The way God is making that connection, it's amazing. You know, God establishes leadership. If somebody is not willing to yield to their leadership, you know, it is, it, we need to understand the leadership doesn't just come just by itself. It doesn't matter whether they are in the church, maybe in the workplace. In the workplace, the leadership is given by God. That's what scripture says. The scripture is asking us to obey to our leaders in the workplaces. His scripture is asking us to listen and obey to those who will lead us because leadership is established by God. The word of God says that very clearly. Let's turn quickly to Psalm chapter 75. Psalm, Psalm 75, verse 7. I, could like, I would like to read it for you. Psalm 75, verse 7. Word of God says, But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Did you listen to that? God puts down one and exalts another. Can you just repeat that with me? God puts down one and exalts another. You know, our God is a God who brings somebody down and he brings someone up. Daniel was a witness. Daniel was a man of God and he has seen with his own eyes kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Where do we read that? Let's, let's turn to Daniel chapter 2 verse 21. I can read that for you. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Listen to this. Scripture says, and he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He removes kings and he raises up kings. Who did that? Who does that? Our God. Our God does raise kings and he does remove kings from kingdoms. So leadership comes, is established by God Almighty. Now look at the way Moses is a leader, a young leader. He is getting connected with the leader of that nation, of that season. God brings the right connection by bringing this leader, young leader Moses into the palace of Pharaoh. You know, it's very interesting there. Moses is brought into the palace, but it's not just an accident. God has already planned how to bring up Moses. And the easiest way God found is put him in the palace of Pharaoh. You know, don't you realize that in our lives too? God takes us through, you know, so many things in this world. And we don't know why we are doing it. You know, I was thinking all along, 22 years of my life, in my career, I was not sure, Lord, why I'm doing this. There are times, and Monday morning, I go to my work, and sit at my work, in my office, and you know, I can't sit there. I won't be able to sit and do the, concentrate on the work, because the Spirit of God was so heavy on me. I couldn't do it. I just get up and go for a coffee, and I come back and try to do that, because 10 o'clock, we have a meeting. I was not prepared for the meeting, because the Spirit of God was so heavy on me. I was wondering, Lord, why do I do this, Lord? But we don't realize at times the reason why we are put into the palace of Pharaoh. Moses was thrown into the palace of Pharaoh. But one thing was sure. That was for the destruction of Pharaoh. And it was for the blessing of Moses. Pharaoh would not have realized. One day he is going to be plagued by the same Moses. One day he is going to be destroyed by the same Moses. All the firstborn is going to be killed by the same Moses. Pharaoh would not have realized that at that point of time. He thought he can bring children of Israel under more control. He can use a Hebrew man to take control over the Hebrews. Because he is authorized to do so 
He's coming from the palace of Pharaoh. That's what he thought. But eventually God kept Moses in the palace of Pharaoh for the destruction of him. Let's take it further this morning. And what Moses was doing in the palace of Pharaoh. Moses was, scripture says in Acts 7.22, he was learning all the skills and wisdom of the Egyptians. And he became mighty in word and mighty in deed. Moses, a godly man, was in the city or in the nation which is ungodly and learning all the skills of the ungodly nation of the Egyptians. He would have never imagined, never thought those skills are going to be used by him, by God, for good. Scripture is very clear. Good leaders, they develop their skills. I'm not talking about just me. I'm talking about each and every one of us here. Good leaders, they develop their skills. You know, great leaders are not lazy. They are always available. They are always there to work. They are there to upgrade their skills. What are the skills we need to lead today? We need the skill in the word of God. We need the skill how to do our marriage. We need the skill how to bring up our children. We need the skill how to handle people. We need, to, we need the skill how to lead somebody into salvation. We need the skill how to handle our finances. There is so much of skills that we need. Moses was learning all the skills when he was in the palace of Pharaoh. Good leaders. They learn. They acquire skills. Let's get back to Exodus chapter 2. We need to read. We need to continue some more scripture there. Exodus chapter 2. Let's read from verse 11. Chapter 2 verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men, they were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill as you killed that Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the lands of Midian. And he sat down by a well. You know the interesting story. Now the story is changing. There is a twist. We talked about great leaders. They were not born in the palace. But they were willing. They were connected with the great leader of the nation. And they were willing to develop their skills. Now the story is changing. Now here we see Moses not sitting in the palace. He acquired enough skills there. Probably 40 long years he was in the palace. Now he just got out of the palace and he went out to see what is going on. What is going on? He was trying to understand others' burden. And the leaders are called to know what is going on outside. Leaders are called to know, realize others' burden. What others are going to... You know, Moses could not hide himself in the palace because he was called to be a leader. And he cannot sit there because he had to get out and to see what is going on with his own people. Leaders know their burden of others. And here we see the courage that Moses had. Even though it was the wrong means, he 
displayed a great courage there. He found out that Hebrew men and women, they are put under task and they are hard work. And now Moses realized, you know, somebody is hitting someone, an Egyptian is hitting a Hebrew and Moses went in between and he did not do anything. He did not sit there and, you know, try to you know, bring a compromise between them. He just killed that Egyptian, a man of courage, a man of courage. Moses was courageous, a young leader, but he was very courageous. He was just standing there to protect his own men. You know, a man of God, a leader who was called by God like you and me, we stand to protect the truth. We stand there to protect the flock so that the wolf will not enter into the flock and catch them. We are a true leader will stand to protect the flock. Remember what God told to Joshua in Joshua 1. I would like to read that scripture even though we don't have much time. Let's go to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. Here we listen to this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And he said, God said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. God told him, be of courage. Be strong and be of courage. I will never leave you. God spoke to Joshua. Now here, listen what is going on here. Now Pharaoh came to know, somehow, Moses thought probably Pharaoh would have come to know that he killed an Egyptian. And scripture says in very clearly, Pharaoh was seeking to kill whom? Moses. Why he was seeking to kill Moses? He killed an Egyptian. Now Pharaoh is trying to kill Moses. Moses is in the palace and Pharaoh is trying to kill him. Scripture says Moses was very clever. He realized that Pharaoh is trying to kill him. Verse 15 says, Moses fled from the palace. Moses fled from the palace. You know, Pharaoh was seeking to kill Moses. Think about Jesus. I want you to think about Jesus now. What the devil was trying to do, Jesus. He was trying to kill Jesus. He took him up and he told him, jump from here. If Jesus would have jumped, what would have happened? If Jesus would have obeyed the devil, Jesus would have died. That was the only aim, not just to tempt Jesus, but to kill him. The same reason why devil is with us today. What is he trying to do with us today? Devil wanted to kill Jesus. But what Jesus did, he resisted the devil. You know, today scripture is saying that devil is trying to kill the leaders especially the spiritual leaders. May not be physically, but spiritually. Devil is always after the spiritual leaders, trying to pull them down in many different ways. Maybe, you know, taking them into immorality. Maybe taking them to, you know, losing the financial integrity. You know, taking them, showing them many different attractions. And devil is trying to kill the spiritual leadership so that he can do two things. Number one, devil can scatter the flock. Think about a mega church. Just want you to think about, not our church. Think about a mega church. The pastor is falling into sexual immorality, for example. What will happen to the church? I'm sure half of the church will remain, maybe because they love the pastor, but half of the church love God and they will get out of the church. They will get out of the church. That's what devil is exactly aiming at the leadership. If you are a leader, devil is after you. The enemy is after you. 
Number two reason why devil is trying to kill the leaders because the leader will stop making leaders. The leader will stop making leaders. There will not be any more leader. You know, God, the devil is not interested in those places where leaders are not raised. Devil is not interested. There is only one man show. He does everything. Devil is not interested in those places. Devil is interested where leaders are coming up. Because today's leaders, they define tomorrow's destiny of the nation and the church. Devil was against Moses. Devil was against Jesus. A good leader must protect himself. You know, this is a very important part now. A good leader must protect himself. And how that happens? It happened in a simple way in the life of Moses. What he did? He fled out of the palace. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. In other words, he would have killed. He would have got killed. Now Moses left the palace. A good leader faces two kinds of challenges. And this morning, listen to me. Good leader faces two kinds of challenges. And when they face these challenges, they do either one of this. Think about Nehemiah like leaders and think about Moses like leaders. At times our situations are like either we are like Nehemiah or we are like Moses. When Sanballat and Tobias, they came against Nehemiah as he was building the wall around Jerusalem, what scripture says. Nehemiah was a very strong-minded man. He put his foot and he said, nothing doing. God has called me to build this wall. I'm going to do it. And he commanded all his army, all his workmen, how to work. Take shield in one hand and do your work with the other hand. Take shield in one hand, protect and do the work with other hand. You know, sometimes we are called to do like work like the Nehemiah, like leaders. We are called to protect the ministry that you are in. The church that you are in, you build that church for God. If somebody is raising against you, be like Nehemiah. Just tell them, I'm here to protect my people. I'm here to protect my child, my church. Get out. You don't have anything to do with me here. Get out of this place. Protect. Protect your life. Number two, like leaders, Moses. Moses was not willing to stay in the palace. He was just ready to flee. Ready to flee. There is another way of protecting ourselves at times. That's what Paul writes when he writes to Timothy. Flee away from sexual immorality. Flee away from the lust of money. You know, there are a couple of things that devil is trying to bring us into. But God is telling us that it is time as a leader. You need to flee away from those things. But there are other areas that you need to put your foot and stand and resist the devil. And then he will flee from you. Leader has to push all the position and move further Finally, let's uh, finish quickly. Exodus chapter 2 verse 16. Now the priest of Midian. Now he went into the country of Midians. And what is going on there? Priests of Midian and seven daughters. And they came and drew water. And they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drew them away. By, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flocks. When they came to Reuel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherd. Not an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew boy. But then they misunderstood, thinking that he was an Egyptian. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. Verse 20, Exodus 2. So he said to his daughters, where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he, we may eat with us. Then Moses 
was content to live with that man. Moses ended up in living with Reuel, or his other name is Jethro. He started living with him and he married the daughter, one of the daughters of Reuel to Moses. And she bore him a son. He called, him, called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in the foreign land. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. Verse 24. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. And chapter 3 starts with saying, the way God called Moses to go to Pharaoh. But prior to that, a young leader has developed in chapter 2. As we read in verse 16, Moses was brought into the house of Jethro. Scripture says, who was he? He was a priest. He was a priest in Midian. So Moses, think about Moses' life. He was born in some family. He was just floating in, in the river for a while. And he was brought into the palace of Pharaoh. And now he is brought into the house of a priest. It is time to learn spiritual things. You know, leadership at times, it takes us into a time of learning spiritual things. And I believe in the priest's house, Moses was taught scripture. Moses was taught the word of God. And Jethro was, word of God says, he was not just a priest. He was a leader himself. If you remember the story, when Moses was having a difficult time to, to judge all the people of Israel, Jethro came there and he told Moses, it is very hard for you to judge all the people of Israel because they are standing in the queue from morning till evening. And Jethro told, you need to raise leaders. You need to raise many more leaders. He was also a man of leadership quality. He was a leader himself. Now that's where Moses is. You know, at times spiritual discipline is important for us to lead. Moses was taken into it. But verse 27 says, Moses was content. Moses was content with, to live with that man. Finally, I just want to think about Moses' life in Jethro's house. He was just content to live. Think about his house. Jethro was a shepherd. And he was a priest. He had a flock. He had seven daughters. And he was a priest himself. How busy that house would have been. How busy that house was. In the midst of it. We see Moses. In that house. And scripture says Moses was content to live with that. You know great leaders. They are content. With what they have. You know Moses realized. That the time is very important. That the place where he is, it's very important. God has brought him to that place for a reason. And he knew very well that God is preparing him for future. Just listen to me. You know, most of the time this means we miss that. We miss that at times. God brings us to a place to be content with. You know, in every life of every leader, there is a time. That God takes them through a time of training. God doesn't just break some, make somebody as a leader just all of a sudden. God brings us through furnace. Jethro's house for Moses was a furnace. But scripture says he was content to be in that house. Moses was prepared for a higher calling. What was the calling in his life? 
to bring children of Israel from bondage. That was not easy. That was not easy. An ordinary joker cannot do that. An ordinary person cannot do it because that was not easy. He has to stand in front of the Red Sea with faith. He has to bring all the miracles in the palace of Pharaoh. It's not an easy thing. Moses was taken those 40 years in the house of Jethro. He was under fire. Daytimes he goes out behind the ship. He was just behind the ship during the day. Night he comes back home. The house was in a mess. Jethro was not there. All the seven children, they were in various other business. The house was in a mess. Moses was living there. Because Moses knew very well. The miracle, the time for a miracle has not come yet. The supernatural has not taken place yet. And Moses was content with what he had there. This morning we talked about what, how important the life of a leader is. And it is amazing to know that God has called each and every one of us to lead. God has called us to come up in our career. God has called us to rise and do the work of God. Do the ministry of God. And there are times when we go through difficult times in our lives. When we are placed to work in a place where we don't want to be. God is asking you to be content with where we are. God is asking us to be satisfied with what we have. Because the time has not come yet. If Moses would have jumped out of Jethro's house, I'm 100% sure God would not have seen, by Moses would not have seen God in the burning bush. He was just faithful for Jethro all 40 years. Tending the flocks of Jethro. Now when he came to the Mount Horeb, that's the time for a miracle. That's the time where the supernatural was coming into reality. Until then, he was content with what he had. And I believe this morning, God is speaking to us. God spoke to us saying, leaders are not born in palaces. Leaders need to be protected. God brings the leaders, one leader, and he connects with another so that, the, so that he can tap the skills and the wisdom and the abilities. God's leaders are very courageous. They are not ordinary. They always write there to develop their skills. They protect themselves either by fleeing or by resisting. And it is also time for some of us to learn some of those spiritual things so that God can start using us in the kingdom of God. Leaders are content to what or with what they have or what God has given. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.